Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 147 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 147 of WrestleTopia gets underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW gets underway. And last night was Monday Night Raw going down live from the KFC Yum Center in Louisville, Kentucky. And I got to say, this crowd was much better than the Wilkes-Barre crowd last week in Pennsylvania. They were hot. They were lively. They cared about most things on the show. They were quiet for a few segments, but they were mostly into the show, which is very nice to see. You pay a ticket. Please be lively. Be excited. Give a fuck. And that's all I ask for as a fan because it makes the three hours easier to get through in terms of energy and enthusiasm as we kick things off with the reigning defending United States champion Seth freaking Rollins. He comes out wearing a cotton candy suit, but he's over with the people as they sing his song. And he notes that he opened up a can of worms, issuing an open challenge for his championship during last week's show. Bobby Lashley wanted a shot. Austin Theory cashed in his briefcase and lost. And the fans chanted that was stupid. So they acknowledged how dumb that booking decision was and how dude cashed in on an open challenge. But we'll get clarity on that later in the show and how even Mustafa Ali wanted a shot until Bobby came out there to interrupt. But tonight, the shot goes to Finn Balor from Judgment Day. And before Seth could continue, Bobby Lashley comes out to say he still wants his shot at the championship. And Bobby has gone through it in the last year or so in terms of lacerations on his body he got cut up on the cheek by biggie inadvertently and then his chest gets cut up last week as well and you still see the laceration on his skin unfortunately right on the peck the left peck at that and seth gets under bobby's skin by mentioning that bobby's so salty about losing to brock lesnar at crown jewel nearly two weeks ago in saudi arabia and bobby's about to get on seth until mustafa ali comes out and he wants a piece of bobby right then and there as we go to commercial break we come back and bobby lashley demolishes mustafa ali he slams him into the ring post yeets him over the announce table and choke slams him multiple times in the ring ali does fight back with a ddt but he is cut up with the spear courtesy of lashley and lashley locks in the hurt lock Ali tries to fight, but he passes out as Bobby scores a very decisive win over Mustafa Ali. And I still sense that Bobby's turning heel. I see the wheels turning for a Hurt Business reunion very soon. And we got that last night via another Shelter Benjamin loss, which I'll get to shortly. But a very good way to kick off the show with Seth being over as a babyface, Bobby leaning into heel tendencies, Mustafa Ali kind of being lost in the shuffle right now, and Austin Theory looming over the segment for being a loser and losing his Money in the Bank briefcase due to his failed cash-in on the U.S. Championship. But the knife of Mr. Theory was only just beginning. As we segue to Mia Yim versus Tamina, this match was ice cold in front of the crowd. Mia Yim tried her best, but Tamina was very rough around the edges. The Hurricane attempt by Mia Yim to Tamina was kind of flat, but thankfully this was a short match as Mia Yim takes out Tamina with the eat defeat for the win as Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio look on from ringside and Rhea teases a fight with Mia Yim, but she backs down at the last minute. And this would ultimately have war games implications for next Saturday's pay-per-view at Survivor Series as Damage Control tries to recruit Mia Yim on their team. That backfires as I'll get to shortly as we're almost set 
five on five style team Bel Air versus damage control next Saturday in Boston. Next up is Matt Riddle versus Chad Gable. This match is very good. A highlight was Otis distracting Riddle long enough for Chad Gable to deliver an avalanche German suplex that turns Riddle inside out as we go to commercial break. We come back and Riddle magically recovers. He lands an exploder suplex, a knee strike and a power bomb to Gable for a near fall. But Gable is going to fight back with a lovely cliffhanger DDT for a near fall. Riddle is going to land a draping DDT before going for the RKO in honor of Randy Orton. But Otis causes another distraction. Riddle is going to shoot him away and he fights off a German suplex attempt by Gable. But Gable rose up Riddle thanks to Otis holding on to Gable's feet to score the leverage win. Another crafted victory by the Alpha Academy as they've beaten Elias and Matt Riddle in back-to-back weeks. There was supposed to be a tag team match involving Riddle and Elias versus Alpha Academy on last night's show. That was pulled. For whatever reason, Elias was nowhere to be seen on last night's Raw. Maybe that match will be rescheduled for next week for the Go Home Show heading into Survivor Series next weekend. Next up is a Miz TV segment involving The Miz and Byron Saxton. And The Miz is wearing a sweater like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> for whatever reason. And he tries to deny all of this. I pay Dexter Loomis to stalk me, to get some fame and press on my family. And it's just on and on and on and on and on until Johnny Gargano comes out. And listen, I love the 60 minute spoof a couple of weeks ago and the behind the scenes investigator getting the scoop on the Miz, paying off Loomis to stalk him until he stopped payments. But I don't care about this anymore. The sooner Loomis destroys Miz, they get his WWE contract, the better to end this once and for all. And Loomis appears behind the Miz to spook him heading into their presumed match at Survivor Series next weekend but I've had my fun with this for a few weeks it jumped the shark when Maurice and I go into that cake during Miz's birthday celebration last month in Brooklyn and ever since then outside of Johnny's 60 minute piece I have been bored and I cannot wait for both men along with Johnny Wrestling to move on with their lives. Next up is Shelton Benjamin versus Dominic Mysterio and Shelton Benjamin wants people to put respect on his name as a 20 plus year veteran in the game and Dominic is not going to do any of that as he immediately goes for a 619 but Benjamin catches him with a power slam and a knee strike followed by an exploder for two. Priest and Rhea Ripley interfere throughout this match as Dominic applies a schoolboy on Benjamin for a near fall. At one point, Benjamin applies the ankle lock to Dominic Mysterio. Ripley causes another distraction and Benjamin falls for it. Priest gets in his face. That leads Dominic shoving Benjamin into the ring post before landing a DDT for the win. A lot of overbooking in this match to get Dom over, but possibly drive Benjamin over the edge to join Bobby Lashley and Cedric Alexander to reform the Hurt Business in the not too distant future, which is something I would love to see in WWE once again. Next up is Kathy Kelly interviewing Mr. Money in the Bank. Shall I say former Mr. Money in the Bank, Austin Theory. And he tries to give us a reason as to what happened last week. So it should be noted that when Bobby took out Mustafa Ali, the open challenge was canceled and he had every right to cash in his money in the bank briefcase. He took a different route because he tried to cash in a woman reigns two times at SummerSlam and Clash of the Castle. He got thwarted both times. So he changed his strategy, but going after one of the more prolific champions in WWE history in the form of Seth Rollins. So he cashed in his briefcase on the US Championship. It backfired when Bobby Lashley pulled the referee out of the ring when Theory landed a town down on Rollins for the win and Bobby whooped his ass put him in the hurt lock but magically Theory got back in the ring in 9.99 seconds to beat the 10 count and he immediately got curb stomped by Rollins and the fans have been giving him hell ever since by saying that was stupid you screwed up this leads to 
Dolph Ziggler coming into the mainframe and telling Theory, worst cash in ever. I had the greatest cash in ever the night after WrestleMania 29 in New Jersey back in 2013. And Theory gets pissed at this and he challenges Ziggler to a match, which takes place at the top of the third hour. Good interview by Theory, who's growing a beard more rapidly by the week, which I appreciate. But I got to call out Dolph Ziggler. Now, to be fair, he did have one of the greatest cash ins ever nearly 10 years ago. But let it be known that the greatest cash-in ever was Seth Rollins cashing in his briefcase in the main event of WrestleMania 31 in Santa Clara, California, seven years ago. That was a true WrestleMania moment. And he won the championship against Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. To quote Michael Cole, it was truly the highest of the century and it still holds up to this day. Straight facts and nothing but. Next up is EO Sky versus Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke lands a DDT, but she gets caught when she goes for a handspring in the corner. EO Sky, German suplexes her ass, followed by the running knees in the corner and a moonsault for the win after the match is over. Mia Yim comes out to let Damage Control know that I have made my decision as to who I'm rocking with at Survivor Series and War Games and it's team Bianca Belair. She joins the champ, the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss. And Damage Control's miffed at this news. But don't worry, they will get their fifth woman in the form of Rhea Ripley, who wants a piece of Mia Yim. And we know where this is ultimately leading to. We saw the tease last week backstage. I do sense this could be a Warrior Rumble and or WrestleMania match next spring. I expect a full confrontation involving Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. They were a part of one of the greatest war game matches nearly three years ago in Chicago at TakeOver. And I love the match. I recently rewatched it. It still holds up. And I can't wait to see them fight on opposite sides once again in one week's time. Next up is Dolph Ziggler versus Austin Theory. The crowd was kind of quiet early on, but they really heated up down the stretch as Ziggler locked in a sleeper on Theory. And this dude was fading. He was drooling. It was disgusting. But he woke back up, fought back, but Ziggler lands a famouser on Theory for a near fall. Theory is going to send Ziggler show the first into the ring post a couple of times, goes for it a third time, backfires as Ziggler lands a zigzag on Theory for a very close near fall that pops the crowd. Ziggler goes for a super kick that's blocked by a punch, a hard punch by Theory who lands A-Town down but he's not done he goes for another A-Town down but he does not make the cover he proceeds to pound and strike Ziggler in the ring the referee cannot stop him as Ziggler rolls out of the ring and Theory snaps he sails Ziggler over the barricade whoops his ass into the still steps at one point as well throws chairs on top of Ziggler as officials break things up and this guy is getting legitimate heat his face went from being a goofy, selfie-taking dude to being a mean, mugging, surly bastard. And I love the evolution of his character on this particular evening. He lost his Money in the Bank briefcase in embarrassing fashion last week. One of the worst cash-ins ever, no lie. But I think he needed this to be rebuilt. I never said he was being buried because I think the Triple H realized that I like this guy. I was pushing him on NXT. I see the potential. But the way he was booked under Vince's administration, it wasn't going to get him over as a serious championship contender someday. He's got the raw talent to be a star. And we saw the edge he performed with when he beat down Ziggler. He had intensity, he showed fire, he showed grit, and he got over as a heel by getting legitimate boos from a crowd 
that normally wouldn't have given a shit maybe two or three months ago if he was still the happy-go-lucky selfie-taking jerk. Now he's a surly, angry bastard, and I love it. We gotta remember, Roman Reigns says, Daddy's not here anymore to protect you, a la Vince. We go to Kevin Owens' promo a couple of months ago on Theory saying that you have the potential to be great, but you've been handed everything and you've earned nothing. Are you really about that life? Do you want to get off on that kind of reputation or do you want to prove yourself to me? So he's got to go through the steps of being worthy of being a champion, being worthy of being the star he's meant to be. And you saw the foundation being late last night in the best possible way. And I loved it. So good for Theory for stepping up and showing out when need be to get over as a heel, which is not easy to do when you are lacking in that department in terms of legit heat, maybe up until last night. But he came through in the clutch, and I like what I saw. Next up is Baron Corbin versus Akira Tozawa. And this match was sneaky good as Tozawa lands a couple of topes on Baron Corbin on the outside, lands a dive from the top rope on Corbin as well for a near fall goes for another one but he's caught in midair by Corbin who lands in of days for the win a short time later and JBL celebrates with his client they still have no chemistry together they played poker last night to try to get them over a bit more I wasn't feeling it as Tazawa cleaned them out at the poker tables which led to this match last night and it should be noted that Tazawa tweeted a picture of his ninja gear possibly being retired I hope that's the case because Akira Tazawa is really good as a wrestler that can be taken seriously if he's given a substantial push on Monday Night Raw. I'm not saying put a belt on him. I'm saying book him consistently and get him over with the people. He has a charisma to get over if the booking holds up, of course. And now it is time for our main event featuring the United States Championship match involving Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor from Judgment Day. This was a great main event, but it was overbooked to death for reasons we understand due to the ongoing beef with the OC and Judgment Day heading into Styles versus Balor next Saturday at Survivor Series. This match was really strong as Rollins lays out Finn Balor with a tope about two minutes into this match as we go to commercial break. We come back and Finn Balor goes after the abdomen of Rollins by locking in an abdomen stretch at one point and he fights back with a suicide dive on Finn Balor a short time later followed by a flying knee strike and a clothesline for a near fall. Balor avoids a curb stomp and lands a sling blade only for Seth to respond with a nasty knee strike that knocks Finn out. Seth goes up top, goes for a frog splash but Finn Balor gets the knees up at the last possible moment and goes for a cradle for two. We go through another commercial break. We come back and Rollins tries to powerbomb Finn Balor against the Barricade a la their inaugural Universal Championship match at SummerSlam in 2016. And Finn fucked up his shoulder that night, unfortunately. So to flash back to that moment, Finn Balor counters by delivering a shotgun dropkick to Rollins against the barricade. The action spills back in the ring as Rollins lands a set-out powerbomb in the ring on Balor for two. Balor lands a dropkick, but Rollins cuts him off and his superplex goes for a falcon arrow. But Finn counters into a nasty version of the 1916 for a very close near fall. They trade counters for a bit until Rollins finally lands the falcon arrow a short time later. Judgment Day comes out as Rollins shoes off Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and Dominic Mysterio. But in doing so, Finn Balor delivers a double foot stomp to Seth Rollins, and he's going to keep fighting back until the OC come out to fight with the Judgment Day as Anderson and Dominic get in the ring. Anderson clotheslines Dominic on the floor, and that leads to Finn Balor clotheslining Carl Anderson on the floor as well. 
We got Gallows going after Damian Priest. AJ Styles is going to join the fight after tripping Finn Balor off the top rope when Dominic got back in the ring once again to cause trouble. And we got Mass Chaos with Rhea Ripley getting into a fight with Mia Yim over the barricade. And this leads to Seth Rollins landing a curb stomp on Finn Balor to retain the United States Championship. His night is not done, though, as Austin Theory attacks Rollins from behind and he beats down Rollins and wipes him out with two eight-town downs and a championship belt shot to the face as Theory stands tall while holding the U.S. title as Monday Night Raw goes off the air at the top of the hour. I thought this was a nice way to end the show. More heat on Theory as a heel that is actually getting the proper heel heat and not the go-away-you-suck heat, which normally leads to people not caring about your matches but in this case I think people will start to care about him a bit more and I can presume we're going to get a rematch for the U.S. title between Rollins and Theory next Saturday at Survivor Series they had a very good TV match a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Raw and Rollins was leaning into being a babyface then and now he's fully entrenched in that role now he is going to eat this match up against Theory and it could be another breakthrough performance for Theory when it's all said and done he needed this rebuild in order to get over as a meaningful heel that has the potential to be a big-time star in two to three years. You see the vision. You saw the switch in a week from I just want to win a championship to be petty to you've pissed me off. I'm not a punchline. I'm not a joke. I'm not going to be run over by Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler, or Seth Rollins. I'm going to be my own man and a champion someday and fuck what you heard. I like that. More of this, please. And it speaks to Theory's ability to adapt because I do miss my lovable dumbass from his days in the way on NXT. He showed levels as a comedic dumbass heel and now he's showing me levels as a mean mugging bastard that can actually get over long term if the booking holds up. So we'll see how it goes heading into Survivor Series, but I definitely like the potential of Theory to be over as a player on Monday Night Raw heading into 2023. And on that note, this wraps up a pretty solid episode of Monday Night Raw. A better crowd in Louisville, Kentucky appreciated that as the road to Survivor Series War Games winds down with more teams to be announced and competitors representing each team fighting for the advantage heading into next Saturday's pay-per-view in Boston, Massachusetts. And with that, this wraps up episode number 147 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows, the drop in the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AW Rampage back live on TNT. You know what to do, such Receptopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Plus, Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 94 of the NXT NICAP, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care. (music) 